Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. What's up, fam? It's your host, Nick. What, 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 what? Imitating a subwoofer there. It's me, your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. Welcome to the show. Welcome to another week. We're deep into April, folks. We are two weeks into April. And, yeah, that's about it. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, hey, uh, if you've been listening forever, welcome back. Love you guys. Happy you're here. Happy you're here to listen. Have fun. Uh, If you're new, welcome to the show. You're like my family here, I I think. Uh, I don't know who you are. I don't know your names, but... uh, I mean, I know some of you. That's the, that was that was kind of a lie. I know some of you, some of your new the new people. I don't. I, welcome though. Hey, how you doing? Um, what's up? How's your week so far? It's hump day, hump hump day. What what? I'm on a I'm on a good one tonight, I guess. Well, well, hey. Anyway, um, before we get into the the normal shenanigans, you know, just some housekeeping things. Uh, like, share, subscribe, poke. Uh, stick around if 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 you if you like the show, listen to the backlog. We got weeks <laughs> weeks worth of stuff for you. To be honest, um, weeks uh, days worth hours worth really. Uh, you know, I I don't even know if if we were to say, you know, I have a lot of a lot of times that uh, if you look at at all the the episodes, there's you know one for every week for the last few years so there's there's that you know we're we're getting closer and we're a month away from our two-year anniversary folks that's what's going on here at nick's nerd news but hey you know again welcome and there's stuff to to talk about i guess there's there always is stuff to talk about right let's well let's get into it shall we hey let's talk about what's going on what's going on in the video game world shall we What's going on? What's going on in video game land? Well, uh, some some game delays. Well, one, at least one big one. Deathloop, which was a big um, timed PS5 exclusive, has been delayed until September. It was supposed to come out in May, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, that's another game you got to wait for. That That is a Bethesda game. Uh, like I said, it was timed exclusive, so it, it will come to other platforms in the future. I think it was a year so uh, th- that game probably won't be coming to other people's platforms until at least September 2022. So that that's a big, big story somewhat. Uh, also, IO Interactive has announced they did a sit-down with uh, Ryan McCaffrey on IGN. He hosts a show called IGN Unfiltered last week. I talked about how he's one of my favorite podcast hosts, actually. He he does a lot of, uh, a lot of different podcasts, too, himself. Anyway, I'm a big fan of his. He... He's uh, influenced me a lot, but um, the the head of IO Interactive sat down and, and announced that they are working on not just the James Bond game, and of course Hitman is is in their rep- repertoire. Uh, they're also working on a new IP um, that we don't know about yet, and they'll they'll announce in the, in the future. Um, but don't don't sit on IO Interactive. They are not, or don't sleep on IO Interactive. They are not going to uh, go quietly. If, if you will, but they're not really going anywhere. They're just going to keep on trucking along there for us. How about that? And this week, we're going to be very PlayStation-focused. 
I'll also stop yelling in, into your ears here, but a big story dropped last week about what's going on at, at PlayStation Studios. And it, it came out that apparently uh, uh, Days Gone 2 was pitched, was denied, and now there's also word that maybe some Sony Studios are working on a remake of The Last of Us, which... I don't understand why we're getting another remake of a game that's not even a decade old. Granted, it would be, uh, I guess, by the time it came out. But, you know, it, it already came out on... Well, no, it, it would have actually been set to release. I, I don't know. But it's weird that, that they're already remaking The Last of Us. Um, this is all from Bloomberg and Jason Schreier, who is a mastermind, really. And... Apparently there's dissatisfaction uh, throughout the ranks at Sony. And what it looks like is, uh, I guess, Michael Mumbauer, who is the founder of the Visual Arts Service Group. So they're, they're a support studio for, for Sony here in San Diego, actually. But he pitched an idea for them to work on, on their own project. And it was 30 people. And... So they were going to remake Uncharted, which, again, I don't know why you need to... You don't need to remake perfect games, right? You just you make a sequel or something that, that iterates on it. You don't necessarily have to remake it. If you're going to remake a game, I think you should wait a while. Like, hence what happened with the remake uh, for Resident Evil 2, the Final Fantasy VII remake. It's like, wait, like, two decades, right? You, you don't want to just... Because then you might tarnish the memory of, of something great. But then they, they transitioned to a remake of The Last of Us. I guess Sony kept... Wasn't, like, giving them enough support, even though they kind of agreed to the project. And... I, I don't know. I guess the head of uh, PlayStation Studios didn't want the project to continue, didn't want to spend any more money on it. Um, so then that, that whole development team was, was moved to work on The Last of Us 2 to get it ready for release last year. Um, also per Bloomberg, that after after they finished uh, Last of Us 2, they moved Naughty Dog developers onto the team, and it, it became a Naughty Dog project. It wasn't going to be a project of, of Mumbauer's team anymore, which if, if I was him, I'd be pissed off, and that's kind of what happened. They left the company, they left the project, and... I guess also what happened is uh, Sony Bend, the makers of Days Gone, pitched a sequel. That was rejected. Now they moved them onto other Naughty Dog projects. So it sounds like Naughty Dog is just taking over Sony Studios. And something else might be happening. Either a multiplayer game, uh, possibly even a new Uncharted game, which I'm okay with. If they keep doing stories like what they did with Lost Legacy... I'm totally down with that. They don't have to keep doing Nathan Drake. And a lot. Uh, some people have left Sony Bend now because of it. Uh, even though they're working on a, an original game. And other reports from Eurogamer came out that Sony Bend was actually making this Uncharted game. And it was a new chapter. Maybe a prequel. Not necessarily a sequel or maybe a reboot. I don't know why you'd reboot Uncharted so close to the release of Uncharted 4. I don't know what's going on over there, but now there might be another San Diego team with Mumbauer back, but nobody knows if that's true. Um, they're working on an existing franchise. Again, that might have been with Last of Us. 
it just very strange, uh, especially with the series coming out on HBO. I, I don't know. A lot of weird things are coming out. And then uh, more stories came out that, like, a lot of people are unhappy at Sony Studios because of their focus on just, like, big tentpole stuff and they're not taking risks. And, uh, you know, you kind of have to look at it from both ways. It's like, from a business perspective, if you only have a certain amount of money to go around, you don't want to take risks. You're not going to invest in smaller stuff. You want to make sure all your money is put on your big tentpole stuff. But at the same time, it's like, that's what people shit on Xbox for. It's like, all they have is Halo and Gears and Forza. Blah, 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 blah. So it's like, and where do you want to draw the line? Now, don't you shouldn't ever listen to fanboys on, on, online because they're just going to drivel out nonsense, right? So you, you have to look at things objectively or subject. Uh, anyway, the, the, you need to look at things in a way that you don't want to have too many biases, right? It's like, I get what Sony's doing. I I. I'm cool with that. They have really good exclusives. I'm not going to lie. I literally want... I have a PS4 for that reason. I have, I'm have. i going to get a PS5 for that. I'm still going to play most of my stuff on Xbox because, again, it's it's the ecosystem's a little more familiar, familiar to me, and I, I prefer it. And I just happen to like some of the exclusives on Xbox just a little bit more. Halo is literally one of my favorite franchises ever. But at the same time... I can totally see the the arguments made against Xbox in the same same thing. It's like all they have is Halo and Gears. It's like, well, that's not totally true anymore. I mean, they they just bought Bethesda and like eight other studios. So it it's it'll be interesting to see how things are in the future for both companies, right? It's like it, you you gotta understand. You, you can see criticisms on both sides. You can see criticisms at both companies, and, and still like both companies, and, and still criticize them as well. Um, I saw one person um, who said it's like they're almost acting like they did when the PS3 launched, where they were kind of at this cocky level from, from PS2, and they kind of just like sit on their laurels, where, yeah, you can do that, and I mean, Xbox did it with, with Xbox One, right? So it, it companies get complacent, right? They're like, oh, we're doing fine. We can do no wrong. I get it. Every company does it at one point or another. It's just sometimes then you get a smack in the face. It's like, oh, okay, we, we, can, we actually can do better and we should do better. Um, uh, somebody was trying to stir up the pot. I saw this somewhere that, so Sean Layden, the former head of, of PlayStation, was liking all these tweets, criticizing Shoney, Sony and bashing Jim Ryan and all the, 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 the moves they're making and... It was just like, like, oh, it looks like someone's bitter or someone agrees with, with everyone else. And, I mean, the dude left, so there's no, like, I don't know what they're trying to point at. So, it's just, it's funny to to see all this nonsense from people online. Because they did it all with with Phil and Don Matrick or whatever back in 2013. People, um, people do it with Star Wars and Kathleen Kennedy and, like, everybody. It just, it happens. Fans get rabid sometimes and lately they have too much time on their hands but of course you can read the report on bloomberg jason schreier is usually spot on with his reporting it's it's rare that he's ever been wrong surprisingly granted most investigative journalists and that's pretty much what he is it's it's rare that they mess up they usually have really good sources they usually have really good instinct on on what's true and what's not 
and they can usually get factual information from the right people um, without having to disclose. So I would recommend reading the whole thing. Uh, it, it's it's very interesting. It's a very interesting look for sure at the inner workings and what's going on, and we'll see what happens. But uh, definitely check it out. Uh, like I said, it's on Bloomberg, Jason Schreier. Good report. Also, I guess PlayStation has a new new interest in mobile, and, and they do want to focus somewhat on mobile gaming, despite the fact that you know they've canceled or just stopped caring about their mobile gaming platforms. So it's like, well, why why do they they Sony plays this weird game with mobile, like PSP, and then we're good, then the Vita, and then we're good, and then there was that like Sony phone that had like the PS Vita like controls that you like slid the screen up from and then they're like oh we're good and now mobile gaming again it's like well make up your goddamn minds like I know you're not going to be able to compete with Nintendo like that's just Nintendo's jam right but but it's like the Ron Swanson quote right always whole ass one thing never half ass two things so it's like stop going in and out of it either do it or not right like it, it's dumb it's dumb and and to to push on like actual mobile gaming like i have a lot of problems with just some most mobile gaming in general because it tends to come off very predatory after a short amount of time like a game will be cool for a while and then they'll start introducing hey pay to skip ahead pay to get this pay to get that pay to get that and like i know console games do it too but mobile games do it on another fucking level because the game is free. And I'm like, well, yeah, and, and so is Call of Duty Warzone. But at least you can pay to get, like, actual shit you care about, not pay to win bullshit. So, if Sony doesn't, like, get into, like, super predatory stuff, more power to them. If they do, eh. But, yeah, mobile gaming, I dabble in it. I play some, like, I play Pokemon Go a lot still. And... I will try other games, but eventually I, I get really fucking bored with games and I'm just, I delete them and stop playing. Um, Because I get over like the rush of like those daily logins. It's like, no, stop. You're making me addicted. And at that point, it's like, it's it, you're going beyond gaming at that point. And it's like, you, I don't want to fall into that. Uh, we also got this past weekend, a half hour deep dive into Age of Empires 4. Um, which some people are calling like Age of Empires 2 2 because it's more, uh, it doesn't really go modern like you what you'd expect from the series since it is, uh, it's not necessarily. So every Age of Empires game, they've kind of progressed in time and it we're not going super far advanced in this one. But it, it looks really fun. It looks really good. It's being made by the team that makes the Warhammer games, um, Relic Entertainment. And we got to look at our uh, four of the playable classes. So, or classes, or nations, or, or races, or however you want to call it. Uh, the Normans, so like the British. The uh, Delhi Caliphate, or was it the Delhi, the Delhi Sultanate, sorry, excuse me. The Delhi Sultanate, uh, we got some brief look at the, the Mongols, who are nomadic, and it's, they're actually really interesting. You can just, all of their structures are, like, movable, because they're a nomadic culture, so that's really fucking cool. And then the fourth one was the, um, shit, I don't remember. <laughs> the fourth one was, let me see, 
but anyway, we got to see a lot of gameplay, which was really nice. It looks nice and crisp and clean. It looks exactly like the old Age of well, not like the old Age of Empires. Obviously, it looks new, modern engine, but it, it play. It looks like it plays exactly like the old. Uh, sorry, the civilizations they call them, and then the Chinese. So those are the four of the eight that we got to see. Uh, the Mongols, like I said, are going to be very interesting gameplay-wise, as you can kind of pick up and move around. The Chinese look really interesting as well. I like their building structures and things like that. Looks really fun. I can't wait to hop in. And uh, it also, they showed off the campaign for the English or the Normans. And it looks like they're going to blend. It's going to be like almost documentary-like, where they're going to blend in like drone footage and, and other uh, historical information. So that that's actually really cool to see. I'm, I'm very intrigued by that. And it uh, almost like teaching and learning at the same time, which... Most people that play these are, are going to want to look into that. Uh, also got news that we're getting a couple more. Uh, we're getting another expansion for Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition, which it's crazy that we're getting a new <laughs> a new expansion for like what's almost a, a 20-year-old game. And that's, that's wild. And then we're also getting DLC for Age of Empires 3 Definitive Edition, where they will be adding um, the United States civilization, uh, which is going to be new because they were not in it before. Um, so it's a, a new new civilization to play. And what what was it? I forget which. I forget what expansion they're adding to, to Age of Empires 2. But um, they're going to be doing a, a lot of adding to those games. And hopefully, hopefully we get like, an age of mythology, you know, update. Cause like I would be totally down for that or like an age of mythology, you know, uh, like a definitive edition or something. Cause that'd be fucking cool. I love age of mythology where I played those actually before I ever played age of empires. Um, so it'd be, it'd be interesting. And of course, then I played rise of nations, which again, uh, turned out to be, um, you know, it was like a pretty much a sequel to it. So, well, I mean, they, it looks like they made uh, an extended version of, of Age of Mythology and added an expansion, but that was a couple of years ago. So it's not really like the definitive edition, but I'll probably still check it out. It's probably on Game Pass. Um, but I'm very excited for Age of Empires 4, and it will be released later this year, and they will keep announcing and showing off more and more stuff as the year progresses. Um, Let's see, uh, WWE 2K22 is coming after taking a year off. Uh, they released a trailer. It looks pretty good, but again, that's just a trailer, so I'm going to hold my breath on it. But this is an interesting story. Epic, who pretty much just like prints money at this point with Fortnite, in their ever-increasing like desire to dethrone Steam, which I don't really see happening in any time soon is is looking is probably going to end up spending 330 million dollars or more over exclusives and free games and and everything else on the epic epic game store in their bid to topple steam and this is all because of their fight with apple over over like launching on apple and trying to get like the v bucks it was all over fortnite they spent almost $450 million on exclusivity deals alone uh, last year. And it was for minimum guarantees. Wow. 
They paid 505 Games $10.4 million for Control exclusivity in 2019. That's crazy. Granted, they said people spent $700 million on the Epic Games Store in 2020, uh, but third party only uh, accounted for $265 million. Um, that's wild. Epic, they're not they are not going to dethrone Steam. It's going to take a whole lot to do that. Plus, Epic even admitted that it probably won't start earning profits until 2023 on the Epic's Game Store. So they are willing to take losses for that long. Wow. That's crazy. It goes more into, into it on the, the lawsuit and with Apple and all other nonsense, but that, that's an interesting look into a major company like that. And remember, Epic, Epic, even if Fortnite goes away, Epic's going to just keep printing money with, with, with the Unreal Engine, right? Because they own that. And practically every game is on Unreal, so no, no need to worry about money running out for that company anytime soon. And other news, what is pretty much par the course for 2021 and the end of 2020, Nintendo says that uh, don't be surprised if you can't get your hands on Nintendo Switch stock in the, in the near future, as microprocessor shortages are going to begin to threaten their stock ability to restock ability as well, which also makes me question if the Twitch XL or Twitch Pro or Switch. Switch. Switch XL or Switch Pro comes out this year. Uh, and then following that, NVIDIA also came out today and said, yeah, yeah, you're probably not going to be able to get a graphics card this year. So just uh, sit tight and try and get them when you when you can. Oh, Jesus. Lovely, isn't it? Lovely. Anyway, uh, I don't remember if we reported it. I might have talked about it. I, I might not have. Uh, Sony will be shutting down the PS3, PS Vita, and PSP stores in the near future, but now players are reporting that they are trying to get PS3 patches, uh, like essential game patches, before the store closes. So, uh, this was on PSN Profiles, and uh, a lot of games are having issues downloading patches, and you do need them to play certain games um, and for trophies. So far, it includes games like Journey, the Little Big Planet, Game of the Year Edition, Castlevania, Lords of Shadow, Battlefield 4, Gran Turismo 5, and Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga, so it's not even older games. Uh, there's also a thread on Reset Era, or Reset Era, Reset Era. Uh, they've, they've said that, and it says, quote, just popped into Lords of Shadow, and sure enough, no update. This sucks because I literally just bought the DLC for it last week, unquote. And... I guess even if you request the manually update via the game tile, uh, it doesn't do anything. A lot of people are upset because if they can't download these game these patches, they won't before the store closes. They'll never be able to. Um, but what's really odd is they still have time because the stores don't shut down until July second. And I, I know they did say you'll be able to download your games after that, but it's like if you can't download the patches, what's the point of downloading the games? Kind of. Also, PlayStation 5 got its first major update this week, uh, and in it, it, it uh, made a couple of quality of life changes, luckily, and it improves HDR uh, for and uh, 120 megahertz or 220 hertz support for PC, and it also uh, included software update for your DualSense controller. So make sure to do that. Uh, there's other things they didn't announce, like I said. So HDR support. Uh, 120 hertz on PC monitors, 
and 1080p resolution at that high refresh rate. I don't. I think it already does it on TVs. Um, it doesn't uh, allow for variable refresh rate. It's also added automatic uh, switch from non-HDR to uh, standard DV, uh, standard rates or SDR video or games. Um, you don't have to do it through menus. There's new HDMI control options, so that way, like when you turn on the PS5, it will turn on your TV as well and switch the input. Or if you turn off your TV, it will turn off your PS5. Um, the biggest news, though, is you'll finally be able to put PS5 games on USB storage devices. However, you won't be able to play them from those storage devices. It's it's almost like what what's going on on Xbox, that they have to be on the internal um, to play them. Um, and, and, of course, if you want to play enhanced versions of previous games, they have to be on the, on the internal or on... How, uh, though, the other flip side of that, though, is at least Xbox has that Seagate expansion card. Yes, it's expensive, um, and it is proprietary, which is kind of shitty, um, but, but at least you have some form of expandable memory for those games. Um, but at least PlayStation has allowed this since they still do not have expandable memory, official expandable memory options for the PS5, but at least you can now put your PS5 games on USB memory. Because I know a lot of people are pissed that a the PS5 has a smaller storage than than some others, and b they didn't they can only put a limited amount of PS5 games. So a lot of people will are are happy that they'll finally be able to at least store them on USB storage and they can transfer back and forth, uh, which will which will help a lot. Uh, there's also share uh, share play between PS4 and PS5, and you can move them, like I said, to compatible USB drives. And they also said that, I guess you can only move specific things. I don't know. The M.2 drive support that should be coming soon. They said they will keep posted. Uh, share play, like I said, has been added. So PS5 users can share their game screen with friends on PS4 while in voice party. And that looks really dumb. Uh, request to join has been added. And the game base menu has been changed, audio menu has been adjusted, a whole lot of other stuff. So check that out on the PlayStation blog if you want to see what has been added and updated with the new PS5 update. Moving on, let's see. So Oculus Link, uh, or excuse me, the Oculus Air Link has been announced for the Oculus Quest 2. What this is, uh, it's almost like the Oculus Link that came before it. But it's it's in it's in testing right now. Essentially, what it is is it will allow you to play PC VR games, so games that require a PC to play VR, so like case in point, Half Life Alex. Um, will you'll be able to stream them at uh, up to 120 hertz on your Oculus Quest? Because again, that is a PC less uh, VR machine, and you can't play every VR game on there. So this is a new thing that will allow you to stream directly uh, wirelessly you can connect your headset to a pc and play it that way uh, just like the oculus link that existed before that allowed you to do it via usb cable because the whole point of the quest is to be you know cable free so that's uh, a big thing if you have an oculus quest and you want to play games that you normally wouldn't because you don't have the the higher powered oculus um what's the regular Ocul oculus called I don't even remember, but 
now you can play those those heftier PC VR games without having to have all these crazy cables hanging around. Um, the Call of Duty Twitter also tweeted out an, a, a tease saying the end is coming, and it put a date, 4-21-21, 12 p.m. Pacific time. So a lot of people think they're finally nuking the map uh, to get a new map. A lot of people think that they're just adding nukes to the game. Um, some people think that maybe it's the announcement for whatever the next Call of Duty is. But we only have a, uh, a week. It's a week from today. We'll know. So we will be talking about this on next week's show. Because it is taking place at Pacific Time, it will happen before we record. So mark your dates or calendars, folks, because we will be talking about whatever this is next week. And a uh, final bit of gaming news today we're going to talk about is Nintendo had an Indie World Showcase today and showed off about 20 games that uh, are coming to the Switch soon, in the near future or, or very soon. Uh, one of the biggest announced was Oxenfree 2, a sequel to a, a very big indie hit from a couple years ago. Uh, this is Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals. And uh, it takes place five years after the first game. This will release later this year on Nintendo Switch. Uh, Road 96, it's a adventure game from Digix Art. Uh, so it's based off the classic Road movie. Uh, this will come out later this year. Uh, also announced Ali Ali World, so a, a sequel to that the Ali Ali indie skateboarding game. That's also a platformer. Uh, this game is, again, of course, from Roll7. Ali Ali World has the same tight skateboarding platforming controls. Um, this will be released this winter. Hindsight, uh, uh, one of the first games that was announced from Annapurna today. And it is from developer Joel McDonald. And it's about an older woman reminiscing about her family. That will release, release later this year. Uh, the second Annapurna game is called Last Stop. Uh, from Variable State, it's a third-person adventure game set in modern-day London. Uh, that will be released in July. The Longing, from Studio Seofs. I don't know if I said that right. Folklore-inspired game about a servant waiting 400 days to awaken his king. Uh, that came out today, actually. Uh, the next one is Aerial Knights Never Yield. Uh, that's from Aerial Knight. It's a runner game set in a stylized Tokyo-inspired Detroit. That will release May 19th. Uh, demo is available now. Aztec Forgotten Gods is a 3D action game from Lienzo. Uh, it is inspired by Aztec mythology. Um, and that is going to release this fall. That looks like a really fun game. I, you don't get to see a lot of Aztec mythology based games. So it's, it's cool to see that. There is no game Wrong Dimension. It's a point and click comedy adventure game from Draw Me a Pixel. That came out today. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. It's a it's a, made in the style of old the old retro arcade Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. Uh, this is from Tribute Games, and that will release later this year. There's Chris Tales, a time traveling JRPG that comes out July twentieth. Skull, the Hero Slayer, a, a roguelite from Southpaw Games, that releases this summer. Uh, Getsu Fumaden Undying Moon, a hack and slash game from Konami. That releases next year in 2022. Fez, which is one of the best games to come out, indie games to come out on the 360, released today on the Nintendo Switch. Fez is really cool. So essentially you play this little white character, he wears a Fez, hence the name. And you actually 
play in a 2D world, but then you can swap the map and it will change in 3D and it, you can traverse the, 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 the levels in a different way. That's a, that's a fun platformer, Fez. Um, also announced Beast of Marvala, Marva, Maravilla Island, a 3D adventure game coming out in June. Art of Rally, a rally racer that came, comes this summer. Uh, K-We uh, po- puzzle game in August. Ender Lilies, Quietus of the Nights, a dark fantasy 2D action RPG that releases June 21st. Weaving Tides, a dungeon crawler, it looks like, adventure game coming in May. Labyrinth City, a uh, puzzle game that will come out in the spring. And then House of the Dead Remake, yes, House of the Dead, the classic arcade on the rail shooter, which uh, that's a game I always play when I'm at an arcade. Uh, It's a remake of the game. And it will be redone, game, some gameplay changes, and that will release later this year. So those are all the games announced at the Indie World Showcase uh, for the Nintendo Switch. So a lot of new indie games coming to the Switch later this year and beyond. Um, that is it for gaming news, so let's see what's going on in the TV world, shall we? Not a whole lot in TV land this week, um, surprisingly, as we get closer to when technically shows will be ending. Uh, there was something I did want to talk about this week that I forgot to mention last week from Star Trek Day. Uh, we got more news on Star Trek Prodigy, which is going to be the, the second animated Star Trek show. Uh, this one is also seeing the return of, of Captain Janeway, but not in the way that we thought. So, uh, we finally got our look at what she's going to look like, but she she's actually not playing the real Janeway again. Um, Kate Mulgrew. She's playing the emergency command program, similar to the EMH, the emergency medical hologram, or the emergency command hologram. So she's playing a, a holographic version of Janeway, and it will take place in the Delta Quadrant on a derelict uh, Starfleet ship. And so all the alien races they shut off will be all new races because they're all from the Delta Quadrant. So Kate Mulgrew is playing a hologram version of herself. The Janeway hologram looks great in this 3D animation style, so it's going to be different from Lower Decks. And while it is geared towards children, as it was supposed to premiere on Nickelodeon, it is going to Paramount Plus first now. I'll watch a couple episodes, but it I, I know it's outside of my demographic, and unless they can do it like how Star Wars did the Clone Wars, right? So if they can do it the way... They did the Clone Wars. You might have me and other adults hooked and and be in for it, especially with Janeway. Um, and staying with Star Trek here for a second, Akiva Goldsman was being interviewed, and he's essentially like the steward of of the current Trek franchise or Trek universe or whatever they're calling it. And uh, someone asked him about like Picard and if they're going to talk about like the plot contrivance that kind of brought him back to life at the end of season one. No spoilers for a show that came out a year ago. And he's like, no, we don't even mention it. So I, I know Picard could theoretically live forever now, but he's not. And uh, they're they're <laughs> they're essentially just like, yeah, that's what happened in season one. We only did that to give us a season two. Now he doesn't have this this sickness that held him back since the, the next generation. At least they're being upfront about it, right? <laughs> you know, like they're not just being like, yeah, fuck it. Uh, so luckily that's uh, started filming and we don't ha- hopefully won't have to wait too long for season two of Picard. Um, we also got a new trailer for Godzilla Singular Point, the new anime uh, based around Godzilla coming to Netflix this year. 
And the new trailer also announced that it will be releasing internationally on Netflix in June. So that includes the U.S. Uh, no word on if it's going to be dubbed, though. Uh, Singular Point offers a new look at a lot of established Godzilla monsters and the story and everything like that. Uh, and a really stupid-looking version of Jet Jaguar. But I'm still stoked on it. It's more Godzilla. I'll take it. The The new Toho era is for, for Godzilla is very... Very interesting because they're they're allowing a lot of different adaptations to exist, and uh, multiple animes now at this point. So it's it's good to see that when they can't always produce a film, they still at least have new Godzilla content coming out and are experimenting a bit. We also got uh, our first official look at the new Powerpuff Girls live action show that's going to be called Powerpuff, and it will be about the girls in their twenties. So they're we're not going to see a lot of, you know them in their costumes or fighting and such. Uh, it's going to be an angsty drama show on the CW, of course. So uh, they look good. I'm not going to lie. They look good in their in their colors because, you know, they all are going to be focused on blue, red, and green for Bubbles, Buttercup, and Blossom. And uh, I, I'll give it a shot, right? I'm not going to lie. I, I like, I really dig Chloe Bennett from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Dove Cameron is... is uh, cool from a couple things I've seen her and I, I haven't seen Descendants. She did a couple episodes of, of um, uh, I can't even think now. She did a couple episodes of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. I liked her in that. And then, of course, the the new girl, um, Yana Peralt. I think she's from, from Broadway, so I haven't seen her or anything. So it'll be interesting to see her in that. And then Tom Kenny is coming back to voice the narrator. So <laughs> at least they'll have some continuity with with the old cartoon. Also, Netflix has announced that they've lost their lead for the Witcher spinoff, uh, Blood Origin, um, Jodie Turner-Smith. No, that's not it. I think it is. She had a drop out of the show uh, for scheduling conflicts. She's unable to continue filming for it. So I'm sure that will cause production delays as they just recently wrapped filming on season two of The Witcher. Uh, we also got a, a look at Jupiter's Legacy, the new Netflix adaptation of the Mark Miller comic. Definitely a different take on superhero shows. Uh, different from Netflix's off current offerings as well. And uh, looks like they're not gonna sh they're not gonna shy away from gore and things like that. And that drops in May. Uh, the trailer's out now. Uh, and then also, uh, before we talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Well, Hasbro has revealed a $700 voice and app-controlled auto-changing Optimus Prime figure. I am Optimus Prime. Yes, a $700 Optimus Prime auto-transforming figure. I'm pretty sure this is what everybody has wanted forever, but only, like, really diehard fans and collectors are going to dish out the $700. Honestly, if I had the, if I had the extra money, I would probably be one of those people. But hey, hey, that's that's if you like Transformers and you like Optimus Prime. But uh, moving on, final bit of TV here. I do want to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And wow, okay, that's that's where we're going in this show. Um, we are. There's only two episodes left. Um, that's including this week, upcoming to, on Friday. And okay then, John Walker is really turning into the comics version of John Walker, where he goes psycho. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that when you're 
technically Captain America and everybody on the planet knows who you are and is going to start filming you when you do, when you pull some crazy shit. All right. And yeah, I get it. He went over the edge, but he took the fucking serum serum, right? This whole episode was all about super soldier serum. That's kind of where the show has been going. That's kind of what Zemo wants to stop. And to see John Walker do that, like, yeah, I knew he was going to kind of be an antagonist, but not, not like, holy shit, that's what we're doing kind of thing here. Okay, then. That's uh, really going to be interesting how the next two episodes go. And we don't know if we're getting a season two. And they're already hinting at, again, big cameos for the next two episodes. I wonder how they're going to play things out with the Flag Smashers. It looks like we're going back to the U.S. for the final two episodes in some capacity. I don't think John Walker is going to come out of this as Captain America. I'm going to say that now. But that episode got really fucking dark. Heavy on the action, which was good, but really fucking dark. Oh my god. That was not what I was expecting at all. I doubt any of you were either. Um, but that is it for uh, TV there. Only two episodes left. Crazy. And then, of course, it will be May the 4th. And the Bad Batch will start a week after that. Oh, yes. Sweet. So, yeah, we're going right from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, sorry. There's going to be a week in between. So, Falcon and Winter Soldier ends on the 23rd. There'll be a week uh, with nothing. And then the week after that will be two days of the Bad Batch on Disney Plus. So I'm looking forward to that. So let's move it on. Let's talk about film. What's going on in the film world, huh? Got a bit of movie news today. Well, no surprise here, but Warner Media expects to release all of their films theatrically in 2022. Oh, shocker. Especially considering how well Godzilla vs. Kong is doing in theaters. People want to be back in the theaters. Watching at home is not the same. It is not the same. Uh, Disney also confirmed that the Jungle Cruise movie and the Ryan Reynolds starring Free Guy films will be theaters only. They will not get Disney Plus premiere access like they're going to end up doing with, with, or what they are doing now with, with Black Widow. So the Jungle Cruise will release in July and Free Guy will release in August. So those are theaters only. Then, in really kind of shocking news, Sony and Netflix have agreed to a streaming deal. So, Netflix and Sony have struck a deal. Uh, So, essentially, it will keep all Sony films on Netflix first after they finish in theaters, especially Spider-Man films. It is a multi-year contract. It will start next year. And Netflix will have first look rights to any movies Sony is producing or licensing for streaming platforms. Uh, No word yet on how many films they've committed to. Uh, It doesn't stop Sony from selling streaming rights to other platforms, though, either, which is interesting. Um, So per Variety and their sources, it was a pay-one-window agreement. Uh, So it's apparently five years and about a billion dollars per the New York Times as well. Uh, Sony can make a pay-one-window agreement as well because it doesn't have its own streaming platform like Disney or HBO Max. Um, Wall Street Journal then reported that future Spider-Man movies will land on Netflix following their theatrical runs. Uh, no word yet on if that will include No Way Home, which is coming out later this year and technically a Marvel movie. Um, this could also apply to Venom and Morbius. Uh, Netflix also licensed certain older Sony films. 
So uh, movies from their umbrella, including Jumanji franchise, uh, movies from Columbia Pictures, Sony Pictures Classics, Screen Gems, and TriStar Pictures. Uh, And they'll also be working on additional theatrical film licensing agreement beyond Netflix deal. Um, Sony used to partner with Stars, and Stars is now owned by Lionsgate, who, you know, almost purchased the Knives Out stuff, Knives Out sequels, but Netflix got those as well. Um, this is only for the U.S. though, so this will not be for everything else, and we'll wait to see if Far From Home drops on Netflix, because currently you cannot watch Homecoming or uh, or sorry, No Way Home is the new one. But currently you cannot watch No Way Home or Homecoming on Netflix. You can only watch those via stars. Uh, moving on to DC, uh, it was confirmed by The Rock that Black Adam has begun filming this week. Uh, so hopefully that is on, on track to release later next year. Uh, and Lucy Liu has joined the cast as a villain along with Helen Mirren. So it'll be interesting to see how all that comes together. Um, and we're going to circle back to Justice League here a bit. So Chris Terrio, the writer for that and Batman vs. Superman, was being interviewed by Vanity Fair. It's a brand new big interview with him. A lot of things came to light. Um, apparently about being shut out of the Justice League reshoots, wasn't allowed on the Joss Whedon set. So much as to say after he saw the Whedon stuff, he's like, I don't want my fucking name on this movie. I didn't write that version of the movie. Um, Also, he said that Warner Brothers had no plans to coordinate story between Justice League, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. Um, Only a mandate to conform to a schedule, apparently. So they just only focused on the dates and not the overall storytelling, which, as you can see now, it's a little disjointed. And of course, stuff in Justice League doesn't match up with what came in the films after. Um, he said, quote, Kevin Sujihara, as far as I can tell, and the brass at the very top decided the order of the films, decided the order of the films. I was not consulted on the order of films, even though I was the person writing Justice League. They just determined that it was going to be Batman, Superman, and then Wonder Woman, and then Justice League, and then Aquaman. So there was never any thought into how the world was constructed before they issued the edict. They said, conform to this schedule. Unquote. Um, then he went on to say, quote, The Wonder Woman script wasn't even finished when I wrote Justice League, so I had no basis to write Wonder Woman other than Batman Superman. The mascara didn't even exist. I was never shown anything on the page for it. I didn't know whether people could talk underwater. That was a thing I had to ask, because I didn't know if I could do underwater scenes with Aquaman and Atlanteans. It was all just from scratch, because there had been no solo character films, unquote. Then he went on to say, quote, So Justice League needed to establish three of the characters. It had to create a long game mythology for the DC Universe. It had to resurrect Superman because he was dead at the end of the last movie. I just don't know how you could do all that in under two hours. Maybe the 2017 release proved you couldn't, unquote. And that's the criticism a lot of people put against DC. It's like they forced Justice League before doing solo movies like Marvel. Now, I... As you can see in the, the, the Snyder Cut, they were able to establish these characters. Granted, it's a four-hour movie. You can't always do that, right? It could have been released in two parts. Probably could have been done as like three hour a three-hour movie too. There's a good chunk of stuff that could be cut. Like half an hour's worth of slow-mo, right? Don't get me wrong, it was still a good movie. I really enjoyed it. But that is a lot... Of, and, and 
you don't want to copy Marvel either, which is I get I, I get what DC was trying to do, and they were kind of playing catch up. But when you are playing catch up, you don't want to make the mistakes that DC and Warner were making, because now we're in the situation where we had to decide to get a new Batman. We don't know what the fuck's going on with Henry Cavill. Half the stuff that came out after the Wedden version of Justice League don't match up with now this with with you know what was originally envisioned and and the flash movies all the fuck over the place and now we don't have a fucking cyborg anymore like this is what happens when you rush and then you decide to force a movie through with a different director who's going to just destroy whatever the original director was doing just it it's mayhem mayhem so much um yeah, and like I said, he tried to get his name taken off Justice League even because he did not like what whatever Joss did. Uh, he even went on to talk about Batman vs. Superman um, because he did work on that film. Um, he understands what people complain about with, with his, his scripts, um, but he says that's what happens when whole portions of the script are cut out to save on length. Um, he also said that People called, you know, people said Batman vs. Superman was really dark, but I guess the version that he was hired to rewrite was even worse. He said, quote, The studio seemed to take this position after Batman v. Superman that my writing was too dark and this was and this was their problem. But what they didn't mention was that, for example, in the draft of the Batman Superman script that WB had developed, which was the draft I was handed when I joined the project, Batman was not only branding criminals with the Bat brand, he also ended the movie by branding Lex Luthor. Uh, he also says on to say, quote, he went to the mat with WB over his, his ending. Um, he said that Batman can begin as unrecognizable and dark, but was on a road to redemption, which is what happened in, in Justice League. He also said, quote, Batman has to see the error of his ways and remember his better self in the course of the movie. By the end of the movie, he needs to be the Batman we know, and he has to be ready to go and create the Justice League, unquote. Granted, that's kind of what happened. Um, he also said that they cut ideas like, quote, raining hell upon black African Muslim characters in the desert, of Superman doing that. And he also said, quote, I wanted to say to WB, I've been saying you, I've been saving you from yourselves. I've been working with the director to bring a voice of conscious insanity to the almost perversely dark film you've been developing for years, but I'm the problem here? Uh, unquote. Um, he wanted to write Love and Hope, he said, quote, for, uh, that's why he decided to do Batman vs. Superman and then Justice League. Um, he didn't really comment on a whole lot of Joss Whedon stuff, but he did say he called his lawyer to try and get his name removed from that version of the film. He said, quote, so I shut up and I said nothing publicly. I never said anything about Justice League since then. But the movie doesn't represent my work, unquote. Uh, he did say this, though, about the Snyder Cut, saying, quote, people do have problems with this version of the film, but I can take, but that I can take because that is actual critique of my work. That's fair game, and that I'll engage with any day. People can quarrel with the movie, but at least they're quarreling with my version and with Zack's version of the film, unquote. So if you want to learn more about Chris Terrio and other things about... He's written some other good movies too, right? He's Not everything is, is bad from Chris Terrio. Um, but that... And, and now that I've seen that, I have leveled a lot of criticism at him myself on, on movies that he's written. So 
I, I, I get where he's coming from. And, and I like that he's kind of doing a tell-all. He's written really good movies, right? He's not David S. Go- he's not David Goyer, who I have more problems with. And yes, Chris Terrio wrote The Rise of Skywalker. And I'm sure there's some issues there. And granted, he was brought in to rewrite and fix that real fucking quick. Um, but he did write Justice League. He did write Batman vs. Su- Superman. He was also asked to come and write on those two films because of Ben Affleck. Because he wrote Argo. Argo is honestly one of my favorite movies. Um, and and that is definitely one of the reasons I was happy to see him him do that. But again, I just... If Goyer wrote the earlier scripts, that's probably why we've had some issues. And David Goyer's written some really good stuff too, right? He wrote The Dark Knight. He wrote... Um, but then he also has... You know, Terminator, Dark Fate, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, and, uh, you know, Jumper on on his record, too. So, and Blade Trinity. Yeah, that, that lovely movie. So, uh, not everyone's not everyone's innocent, right? Not everyone's innocent in what they write or, or how they, they develop things. So, I get it, but I, I can also see where Chris Terrio is coming from. And it's interesting to see his, his tell-all. Uh, we also got casting news in regards to Indy 5, which is still set to release next year. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has joined the cast in an undisclosed role. Uh, we also got the release of the new Mortal Kombat theme, which is a uh, like a modern remix of the original. That is out now, available to listen to. Uh, it still has the Test Your Might and the Great Mortal Kombat scream. And of course, that movie releases next week. So we will be talking about that. So that comes out next Friday... So we will be talking about that on in, uh, in two weeks shows. Uh, we'll be talking about Mortal Kombat. Um, Paramount has announced that they are delaying Top Gun and Mission Impossible 7. Uh, Top Gun is now moving into November 19th, which was Mission Impossible 7's spot. Uh, Mission Impossible 7 moves to May 27th of 2022, which then pushes Mission Impossible 8 into May of 2023. Um, and then we also got the announcement that Star Trek, the new Star Trek film, whatever it ends up being, will release June 9th, 2023. Uh, probably not. Just because they haven't started filming, they haven't announced anything. That that movie, let's shoot for that movie probably getting delayed in the near future. Um, we also got an announcement for Netflix. They are adapting or going to be releasing a live-action Gundam movie that is going to be directed by Jordan Vote roberts uh, known for directing um, Kong Skull Island. And then, of course, I'm pretty sure he's directing the, the Metal Gear Solid movie. So I'm guessing that movie must have been put on the back burner, or the Gundam movie is getting done after that. But he is directing a live-action Gundam for Netflix. Um, we also got a trailer for Army of the Dead, the new Zack Snyder's zombie movie that comes out next month on Netflix, and it looks really fucking cool. Stars Dave Bautista, Tig Notaro is also in it, and it's a, about a Vegas out or a virus or a zombie outbreak in Vegas, which looks really fucking cool. I'm stoked for that movie. And then we also got a new trailer for Fast and Furious Nine today, which confirms the space stuff, and it has some of the fakest shit I've ever seen in a, a 
Fast and Furious movie. They had a year. They had a fucking year or two to fix the CGI, and it looks so noticeable. But you know what? This movie is going way off the rails, and I'm fucking here for it, okay? I love the Fast movies. Like, you can't take the Fast movies away from me. I love them. I'm going to watch them forever, no matter what. (laughs) Uh, and, And luckily, that comes out soon. And uh, final bit of news. I forgot to talk about this last week. Uh, This is our final story today. Ghostbusters Afterlife released a clip last week of Paul Rudd's character in a supermarket. And these mini Stay Puffed Marshmallow Men. Yes, they are miniature miniature versions of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man from the, the first original film. And they're wreaking havoc inside this what looks like a Walmart. And they're like burning each other on on grills for s'mores, poking things, just just having mayhem. And they're like, obviously it's like a Baby Yoda attempt, but at the same time it's like, that's fucking cool. Like, of all things to come back, I was not expecting miniature Stay Puffed Marshmallow Men. And you should definitely go watch that stuff on YouTube right now. I'm not kidding, we should definitely go watch it right now. But uh, that's it for Nick's Nerd News this week. Uh, thank you guys for stopping by. Uh, not a whole lot going on, but hey, that's it's a weird week and a weird month. Uh, like I said, in a couple weeks, we will be talking about Mortal Kombat. Um, a couple weeks after that, we will be talking, or a week or two after that, we'll be talking about Pokemon Snap, as that uh, releases on April 30th. And of course, any other interesting news that comes up in between now and then. But uh, that's it for me. As always, check out nicksnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you like, you can listen to us on the go where you can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast pages while you're there at the website. Also, while you're there, check out our social media tab where you can find our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where we f- post a lot of funny memes. and uh, Or you guys can follow us individually if you like. Um, but other than that, Thank you guys for stopping by. Thank you guys for listening. I am Nick. This has been Nick's Dirt News. And I will catch you guys on the flip side.